everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. I am joined by my chief of staff, Hallie Warner. And by the way, that was the third time I did this today. So it sounds a lot better than the first time I did it earlier today. So if you think that we did sometimes this, it sometimes it takes a couple tries, a couple tries to, to get this, but we're super excited today. Hey, um, I was sharing this story off air with, um, with Hallie and Caitlin, um, who are in here when we, um, obviously Hallie is, and then Caitlin's here as well too. Keep us on track, keep us focused. <laughs> Um, but I was sharing a story where my my daughter, my oldest daughter, just started a new school, which we're really excited for. And she's kind of been virtual learning. So really what she did is went into school for the first time, even though the kids had been there uh, previous years um, before and she wasn't. So she was new into the class. And one of the things, first of all, her, her teacher reached out and had like an hour long conversation with her before she even went, went to the classroom when she was just opened her up and made her feel really good about coming into the classroom. They talked a lot about questions. They asked what was important to her. They, she asked that kind of just got an understanding about what she learned and how she likes to incorporate. Like it was just a real, it wasn't just like, hi, I'm your teacher. It was like, they actually wanted to get to know the person and kind of walk through them and really kind of set them, set Sienna up for success. And then in addition to that, that to get her kind of excited about things, she mentioned that her entire class had made Sienna all of these welcome to our third grade class. And so she was super excited to kind of see these. And so she had this kind of really kind of excitement about building up. And of course, the day that she went, we dropped her kids off. I walked Sienna up to the door and almost cried as I was holding my hand with her because just watching her oldest daughter and Hallie's just kind of looking at me like whatever. But like, it's like, it was a moment for her. We walked her in there. And then um, later on when she got done, she called me in the middle of the day because I was in the middle of the day around three when she got out and she's working. And she's like, dad, I got to show you all these pictures of all these cards people had for me. And they were like, some of them, there's like three sentences and other ones like people like took the time to write it out and drew her a picture. And like, if you ever need anything, I'm here. You can kind of connect to me anytime. And she just had a really wonderful day. And so I bring this experience up and now she's been super excited and she loves what she's doing. Then my other son, my other son, I actually have one son, my other child, which I have three kids. So it's not just my only child, um, uh, was going to the same school and he was starting, she started on Thursday and he was starting on a Monday. And so, you know, of course she came home and showing Asher, my son, all these cool, you know, handwritten drawings and kind of cards from entire class. And he's like, well, where are mine? Is my class going to do this for me, daddy? And I'm like, well, it's two different grades. That's first grade versus third grade. I'm like, they may not be there yet. And kind of setting that up. And so, um, when you kind of, I, I don't think there was any cards written for him. So I, of course I wrote a card and drew it out and put it in his lunchbox. So we had it and just said, Hey, no matter what happens your first day, just know that I love you and I'm with you blah, blah, blah. Right. Just so he had a card. Um, which by the way, if you're a parent and you just, I just do that with my kids every randomly just stick one in their lunchbox. It's kind of fun to do. Um, but anyways, he came back and had a fine day, but th there wasn't any cards. It's not like anything went wrong. He was fine with it. And he said he was a little bored, but that's just about it. That's just, Asher is also a type of kid that doesn't really talk about school. He just kind of goes with the flow with it and just likes to do his thing. Actually, it's funny that day. I'm like, so what was the, <laughs> this is actually hilarious. I was like, what was the, what was your, the best part of your day? And he's like, well, you know, it was, uh, this is the second day actually he was there. And, uh, I was like, he's like, well, you know, I, I got to take a nap and I'm like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean you, you took a nap? Like, he's like, no, our feelings teacher came in and oh. said that, you know, if, if you're tired, you can go take a nap near the nurse station. There are beds set up to take it. And I was like, so you, you went and took a nap. He's like, yeah. I'm like, so hold on, hold on. So you, you left your classroom and he's like, I'm like, when'd you do this? He goes, oh, before lunch. And I said, 
So you left a classroom at 11. You, I'm like, how long did you sleep for? And he's like, I don't know, about 35, 40 minutes. I'm like, I'm like, did you actually fall asleep? He's like, yeah, I took a nice nap. I got up. I was ready to go. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, were you going to tell me that? Or well, just like, I'm curious about what the heck a feelings teacher is. Yes, I know. I've that whole, heard of that, that I know. He's like, my feeling. I'm like, what's a feelings teacher? And this is like somebody talked about your feelings. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, interesting. interesting um, okay. But it was good. And he took advantage of that. So now every time the running joke is, I'm like, did you take a nap today, dude? Or, and he's like, no, nah, I didn't need one today, but I played recess and what it was. So the, all the point of this story is because uh, last week we taught uh, what's called career visioning. We had about 300 people join us virtually from across the country. And career visioning is a process set up to make the best hire for the best position that you have for your organization by matching people behaviorally or personality with the behavior or personality that the job that you're hiring for requires, right? And so it's a long, it was about three days. We two and a half days, you know, and, and we kind of packed it in and we had a lot of participation. So thank you for joining that. After that, we got a lot of questions like, okay, I've made a hire. Now what? Mm-hmm. Right. And that becomes, there's one thing just to make the hire. And if you set yourself up to make the best probability of the hire that you can throughout this process that we teach, then you kind of go, well, now what? And one of the things as a entrepreneur or business owner that I know that you get this question a lot, Hallie too, and I do from friends or just people throughout the country and they go, well, you know, my team's not really performing or I've got this person I just hired. I don't know what to do with them. Or if I'm just making my first hire, like, what do they do? (laughs) Right? Like, what do they do? So it's like, you know, for this episode, we're going to jump into and discuss, um, I've made my first hire. Now what? But before we jump into what our kind of plan is, uh, we are, which by the way, we are teaching a course called 30, 60, 90 and success through others, which is what you do from day one when you hire this in December. So if you're interested, you can definitely jump in virtually and, and take that course um, to help people with those, with those questions. Um, but hopefully we'll give you some things to start today. Um, we wanted to start by talking about what we think are the three biggest mistakes people make um, and then how you kind of unpack those. And, uh, and then what we would look to do day one, somebody starts what it's look like. So Hallie, what are the three biggest mistakes? Yeah. Before we do that, I wanted to just say one thing, you know, you got a story about (laughs) no, no story, no, no feelings teacher for me. Um, I could use one though. My coach is helping with my feelings. Exactly. So you do have a feeling. I do have a feelings teacher. Um, I think just going back to the whole hiring thing that I actually think a lot of entrepreneurs specifically, um, are sometimes have a fear of hiring. We talk about fear of hiring for lots of different reasons, the investment, the, you know, all of these different things. One of the reasons I think a lot of them don't hire and I've heard this feedback is because they actually, because they don't know what to do with them. They're scared. Yeah. They're like, like, what will, I don't know how to train them. I don't have any systems and processes in place. So even if I brought somebody on, I, I, it's just easier for me to do it myself than, than to bring somebody on board. But that's why we have this class. And that's why we're talking about these mistakes and, a whole entire process for bringing people on and then actually knowing what to do with them once you, once you bring them into your company. And I think a a lot of people mentally go, well, why would somebody want to do this job that I don't want to do? Right. And I mean, we don't know how we got a lot of communication. Yes. Or how to do, or, or I just know it in my head. I don't have time to stop. Right. Right. And, And train or yeah. Yeah. There's so there's lots of different things people can do, but the three mistakes that we see when not with hiring necessarily, but with bringing with, um, getting somebody there are a lot of mistakes ac- in hiring acclim- yes. today we're going acclimated into yes. your organization are um, the first one is letting go too soon mm-hmm. the second one is not setting clear expectations and accountability measures and the third one is not having a solid day one plan that sets your team member up for success Which hence is the entire story that we lead into today with setting sand up for a day of success in that. But let's unpack all of them. So 
Jump into number one, Hallie. Break it down for me. Okay. Letting go too soon? Yes. Yeah. So sometimes when uh, we make hires or especially when entrepreneurs make hires, they go, yes, there's somebody on board who can just take all of the stuff off of me and they throw it on them and then they walk away because they feel that they're just like, okay, great. Finally, I have leverage or I'm paying this person. So they better, you know, fill this void for me. However, we know from 30, 60, 90 that it takes 30, 60 and 90 days to really get somebody up to speed. Although I will, I will say that within 30 days, you usually know. Usually within a week. Yeah. I would say probably within a week. Um, But the biggest thing is that you, um, when you hire your days actually get longer for a while. You're not going to feel that relief and that leverage immediately. Well, you should repeat that. (laughs) Yeah. Your days get longer when you make a hire. And I think it's the opposite. I think a lot of times people make a hire and they go, great. I can sit back and, you know, leave the office early finally because I have somebody else. Um, But that's not true. You're going to be spending your time with them for a couple of weeks, 30 days. And then you need to go do your own work afterwards. So what does that look like? So what does it mean your days get longer if I'm listening to this? Like, I think it's important to just to distinct that, like, just go into a hire knowing that the first 30 particularly. Yes. Right around 45 days, it should be about to what you were before. I think so, And then by 90, you should actually have somebody should be ripping the job out of your hand. Basically the way I love and making a positive impact, huge impact. Yes. The question I always love to ask at the end of 90 days, has this person created basically a, if this person were to leave today after 90 days, is there a hole in my business? And if there's a hole in your business or something that's like going to be a detrimental impact in your organization being like, man, it's going to take a lot to clean that up. That's the right hire, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of like test. So why is it that people think that, um, well, day one, that they have this kind of freedom to be able to do it. Um, what, is unpa- what does that look like? What do they do? How do they set them up? What does it mean your days got longer? Well, I mean, you're sitting, you're usually sit, well, this is a mistake a lot of people make is that they don't do this. They yes. don't sit with their hire. They don't um, have them shadow them on various things. They don't give them work to do and then have to then go, you know, maybe double check or, or review it. Um, they just, which then means if you're working with them next to somebody for 30 days, Um, that means there's a whole lot of other work that you need to go concentrate on that probably isn't getting done within that, you know, an eight hour period. So then you need to go afterwards. I mean, I do this all the time. Um, my days get incredibly long when we have new hires because I'm with them, you know, for the bulk of my day. And then I need to go catch up on my emails, write content, get you ready for your day, you know, whatever the case may be. But when I'm in the office, I'm with them and making sure that they are completely set up for success. Um, and that requires a lot of time. Yeah. And I think the, I think people may be listening and going, well, I do that for a day or two. And if you're good, you do it for, I mean, if you're decent, you do it for a couple of days, right? Maybe even a week, like, Hey, I shadowed them. I had them come into a meeting with me. I had them do this. I had them watch some training videos or what, or whatnot. But really this is not just a day thing. You have to embrace the suck for at least 30 days. Like it's about 30 30 days is really that magic line where it's every day you're coming in there and you have two jobs. Just like you said, you have your job and then you have the job of getting this person trained. The key thing is if you do this properly, not only will you build an remaining amazing relationship with this person. I don't mean that you're going to be going out and hanging out. It just means you're building a business relationship with the person. You get to know them. They get to know you really fast. So you start to see, is this going to work really quickly too? That's why I said within the first 30 days, you'll definitely know in the first week, if you go and spend six, seven hours a day with this person to help train them, shadowing you, you shadowing them, you listening to them, them listening to you. 
going through all the different kind of the, the procedures that you can line up for the first 30 days, you have a very good indication of whether or not this person is going to work out. Not even from a skill level skills, definitely. But what about culture? Mm-hmm. Did you miss something in the interview process? Right. Did you do that? And by the way, if you just hired somebody and you're listening to this, maybe you've made a hire in the last 90 days, you can reboot them. Right. Mm-hmm. I think you can go back and restart this. If it maybe if you see like this person really rocks, but we're not gelling, go back and say, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to, and what you would really do is you'd say, I'm going to relaunch a 30, 60, 90 day plan. Mm-hmm. So reset the reset standard, standards, exactly. expectations. Exactly. Yeah. And so it starts up. So the three mistakes you'll make, if you've made them, even if it's, even if it's a year down the road and you're like this person, awesome, but we need, we, our business is looking a little bit different. Reset a 30, 60, 90 day plan at any point in time in your business. If there's a new direction, mm-hmm. I mean, how often do we do a quasi 30, 60, 90 just between you and I, I mean, we never really yeah. thought about it like that, but like, it's really like you're pivoting and then it's like a new set of priorities of what needs to get done for everybody. Right. Yeah. And I think that's really important if you change people's job responsibilities, especially in a growing organization, if somebody took on a whole extra division or they took on some additional responsibilities or maybe their role just shifted and they have a different title, um, uh, doing a 30, 60, 90 is really important. Yes. Um, back to that whole fear thing about why, um, some people don't hire somebody because they don't necessarily want to have to spend the time with them or train them. I will say that sometimes, especially in a small business, the person who is hiring, if it's the CEO, the entrepreneur, they're not always the best person to train. And I, and that's okay. I would just say, if you are not going to be the one who can train them on the systems, the processes, all of that, then you've got to invest in somebody who will, whether it's a coach, a consultant, or some sort of training program or hiring somebody else in your office to, to train them. I don't, that doesn't take away the fact that you need to still spend time with them from a cultural perspective, from a standards perspective. But if you are hiring your first assistant and you literally don't know what this assistant is supposed to do or do or what they do every day, or even how to process paperwork or whatever, then you got to just hire somebody to do that. Yeah. Um, the training is still important regard. There's the training and then there's the coaching, right? They're two different things. I always reminded of this for sports, for business, because it's just such a great um, metaphor in this. And, you know, if somebody were to join a new football team, like the first day of, sp- of spring training camp or whatever it is, they wouldn't just show up and know the plays. They actually have to get ingrained over a period of time to be able to run the offense, to run the defense, to run the plays. So you, you the coaches work with these individuals to integrate them into the organization. They wouldn't just say, here's a football, go have fun out in the field. Literally how, I mean, think about that. I know you don't necessarily watch football, but like, <laughs> no, but, I get it. but you get it. Like if, if you did, there's a whole set of plays that everyone needs to know about and needs to run, like every second matters. So like every move, every, how many yards you're running eight yards and turning, which way you're turning. So it's like, imagine giving somebody the, the football and saying, Hey, you're, you're running the plays and you don't know any of the plays. And that's literally what people are doing in their business. And they're saying, I have everything in my head as an entrepreneur. So I know everything. I don't understand why you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And that's just, cause I, I think like that. So I know a lot yeah. of people that are entrepreneurs and tend to think that way too, but man, you've been doing this for five, 10, 15, 30, 40 years. And you have all this information in there. You, you got to stop and get some of that out sequentially. It's not just one, just simultaneous bam. Yeah. That, but this is also why hiring from within, if you can, makes such a big difference. Definitely. It shortens down this gap a lot because yeah. they already are ingrained in a lot of your systems and cultures. However, like Hallie said, you still want to do a 30, 60, 90 for promoting anybody. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that we had in CV was if I, 
you know, if we are making a hire internally for somebody else, do we do it? And we said, yes, 30, 60, 90, relaunch that. And also you should make sure you set the expectation of somebody's taking a new job in there that if the job doesn't work out, they may not have that job to fall back on. Right. And so that's just a really crucial step because they go, well, if I, this doesn't work out, let's go back to this one. Well, no, that, that person is most likely getting replaced. Right. Right. And so right. then it's not fair necessarily that person to do it. And now if they weren't working out, then certainly there's some challenges that you can yeah. do in, in some, some workings that you can make happen there. However, you got to know that if somebody is coming into a new position, then they may or may not succeed. That's why though, it's so important to not say, yes, you need to succeed 90 days. So when somebody says to, in order to succeed, what does it look like? What does it look like means is here's what you do in the first 30 days. Here's what you do in the first 60 days. Here's what you do in the first 90 days. And this kind of leads to the next point, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the number two mistake people make is yeah, not, not setting those clear standards and expectations for the role. So walk us through a 30, 60, 90, or maybe give us an example of one for people who are not familiar with what this is. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're, they're fairly basic. It's not like an extensive onboarding plan. Sometimes, sometimes they can get confused with like a, here's a checklist of everything I need to do in the first week, like them, their email address. And that's not what a 30, 60, 90 day plan is. What a 30, 60, 90 day plan is, is usually like maybe five to seven key things. I wouldn't do more than 10, yeah. five to seven key things, projects, um, results that the new employee needs to hit within that first 30 days to know that they're on track to succeed in that role. So it might be, um, in the sales role, it might be by the 30 days, they have X number of clients in their database or in their pipeline, or maybe they've met with X number of clients. If it's more of a an assistant role or an operations manager or something like that. It might be that they've um, did an audit of all of the systems and have come up with a proposal for how to, within the next 30 days after that, how to, um, a new, I don't know, a new thing that needs, a new initiative that Websites, needs to be implemented. CRM, yeah. 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 Um, but really you're show, showing them how they win in that role. Yes, that's the key thing. And, get, you know, actual measurable deliverables, can be a sales number or a client number, but it could be, yeah, delivering a website or creating a new, um, I don't know, like a new PR program or, you know, something or something like website, that. Website, anything, yeah. right? New, yeah. Creating a new process, creating, if it's more of the financial side, setting up buckets for your government accounts, the taxes are in there, really setting up a budget and a pro forma for the next, you know, 30 days, getting a handling on that. Just on, you can, whatever it is, like you said, the key is that how do they win in the first 30 days? So if somebody going back to sports, if you missed the football game on Sunday night and you woke up in the morning and somebody says, oh yeah, the Steelers won. What's the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to say, what's the score? What's the score? So basically it's the same premise here is you have to say in 30 days, how do I know I won and how you know you won or in what the score is, is what Hallie was referring to is the key things that you set up and being as clearly descriptive as you possibly can of how they win during that process. Because then when somebody has a 30, 60, 90 day plan before they get into the role or when these expectations have been set, they have a very clear understanding of, can I succeed in this role? So there's not a question about like whether or not, you know, like we give the example of somebody moving internally up and if they don't make it, then they don't necessarily have their job back. But before they move up in there, they say, well, what does that look like for me to make it mm -hmm. right? And that's how you set up, you win by doing these things. And then that person gets to say, I can do this or I can't do this. But yet they're very clear on, it's not like, Hey, we need to do this. It's like a, if you don't do this, you may not have your job. 
right? So then they have to decide, is this an opportunity I'm willing to take? And can I step up to this role? And so I think it's really critical though, because you, you're setting expectations for you and for them. And so there, everybody's clear from the beginning. So if it doesn't work out, people are like, well, this was never clear to me. And this is where you see people is typically somebody hires them. They may spend a day or two with them and then they just let them go. And then, but when they let them go, the person that has hired them has this expectation for everything they should be doing in the first 30 days. And then all of a sudden, like three weeks into this, a month goes into it. You check in with this person, even though you're checking into them, they go, you go, Hey, how's it going? And you're so busy. And they go, Oh good. And you go, Oh great. In your head, when they say it's great, you're thinking they're doing all the things that are in your head, mm-hmm. right? I can't be the only one that's thought this way. Right. And so you're doing that. And then 30 days goes by. And you're going, okay, where's this, this, and this? And they go, what are you talking about? Right. And you're going, well, where, where is that? Where's that pipeline report? How come the financials aren't done over here? Or, or how come this administrative process hasn't been revamped? And you go, well, I had no idea I was supposed to, to do any of that. <laughs> and, and then you go, then you start having resentment and you're having frustration of why this person didn't do what they're supposed to do. And then you, if you're honest with yourself, you go, well, I didn't tell them. Right. You didn't set, I didn't set clear any expectations. clear expectations. Yeah. I didn't have any accountability for what I actually want. Remember your job, whether as you're, as you're a leader, whether you're hiring, you know, as an owner, hiring as an entrepreneur or hiring as just a, a, a manager or a leader inside an organization, it's your job to make sure that person is set up for success. And if they're not set up for success, that's on you, not them. And so you have to be very clear with them of how they win. It's the, people don't want to take the time up front to set people up. Mm-hmm. It's like they just want the house done without actually building it. Right. Yeah. And I was going to say, it doesn't really take as much time as you think it would. And especially if you have, if like we have all those resources through yes. the course, when we, when we yes. teach it, there's so many resources and then you really just follow the model. You just follow the model and it's not, it's not as time intensive as you think yes. it is. It's actually way more time intensive to not to, to do it. Not to do it. Yeah. It's like the, the, the word, the phrase always goes, you're either going to put the work in the beginning or the work in at the end. Meaning that if the hire is not set up, they leave or you fire them or whatever happens, then you're back to drawing board number one again. And you're repeating the entire process. Remember, in order to build an organization, to scale an organization, it means you have to have a new footing to stand on, right? When, when people say, what does it mean to scale? I was talking to my dad the other day and, and, and I was just, he's like, well, how do these people get, how, how do these people just get as much money or, you know, or, or, or you know, how you know, how do they make this type of this money in these companies? And I just said, well, it's all about scale. And he, and he honestly, he just said, Hey, what is scale? And I said, well, that's just a real question. I said, thanks for asking that. And I just explained to him, I just said, it's the ability to be able to take a step up and then not go back down. It's so that every step that you have is a new foundation that gives you a larger perspective and a larger viewpoint. And sometimes maybe you have to step back down to rescale or repolish it. But then as you scale, all you're doing is you're taking, you're building a larger foundation that has more capacity, which will then have a more input, uh, more input than have more output. And so just scaling is just being able to take something that's small and, and, and widen the reach of it, whether that's a SaaS company or widen your ability to build more homes, right? Or widen your ability to sell more of whatever you're selling. And in order to do that, there has to be a larger platform that is built for people to be able to tap into the ecosystem or the platform to be able to scale. So if the platform isn't built from day one, you can't scale. And this is where people get stuck in businesses because they never take the time to actually build a foundation through people, by the way, because mm-hmm. the people are the ones who implement models. People are the ones who implement systems. People are the ones who hold your money accountable, right? All of those things Now you may touch those components of it, but people are setting that foundation for everybody else in the ecosystem to touch and then go forward. 
And so that's just, it's a nonstop process. No matter if you have one employee or a hundred thousand, you're always scaling your company to the next level, which means creating that ability to take a step up and not go back down. But people don't want to stop to build a foundation to go forward. And it's the same attitude. It's like, I just use this all the time. It's like, when you shoot a bow, <laughs> what do you do? You don't just take the arrow and throw it from a zero position, right? In a, bow, in a bow, you pull it back. It's the same thing. You go backwards first, and when you let go, it goes forward so much faster with momentum because you stop first to pull it back. It's the same thing with building foundation. You first pull the business back to a spot to an, a spot where it can, it can actually push the whole organization forward with momentum. That's when you start scaling an organization. And it's the same thing with a new hire. Exactly. You have to slow down. You have to spend time with them before they can move the entire business exactly. forward. Exactly. That's exactly right. All right. So what's number three? Um, one more thing about the expectations yeah. as you're talking about 30, 60, 90, um, it's also about holding people, well, a couple things, expectations around communication, expectations around not just those specific wins, but around, um, I don't like to say culture necessarily, but really around, um, cause they should already be, part, you know, for the most part, part of the culture, but expectations around communication or accountability measures, not just like the top five things, but there's also that like cadence of communication. When are they, when are they meeting? Do they need to make sure that the reports are done on, you know, every Thursday morning? Um, I like to do those things too, within the 30, 60, 90 days and start getting them down like in a rhythm. Um, and then with the 30, 60, 90, at the end of 30 days, you got to meet with them and actually see whether or not they've hit and hold them accountable, really see whether or not they've really hit point. those things that you've talked about. And then do they get to move forward to the, to the six, to the 60 to 90 days? Um, I also like to pay attention to, is somebody moving faster? So it's easy to see, okay, they didn't hit one thing. Can I live with that? Maybe not. You got to decide. Or maybe, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, ha I can decide. But what I really like to see is, are they already halfway through days through 60? Yes. There are 60 days in day 30. Yes. That to me is a really great sign. And so um, question, do you, do you slowly bring people into your culture or do you slowly bring into the workload or do you just from day one, just go all in? I go all in. Yes. hundred percent. I was hoping yeah. I said that answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think in the past I may have um, like tiptoed into it a little yes. bit and like, um, well, then, a little like too easy on yes. some hires and it like, like, Oh, I don't want to give them too much. Yes. They need to feel it out. And I don't, I do not do that anymore. I've yeah. learned it's better for them to understand what it's like from the beginning yes. so that they can decide for them. That. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So for you and that it's yeah. not just a selfish thing. This is being selfish to serve the greater good. Right. Um, what did Matthew McConaughey call that? Just, I just read his book. So it's like, just his stories have been on my mind. It's, his book's called green know. lights, by the way, which is pretty good. Um, uh, he called it, uh, egotistical essentialism or something. I don't know. You have to mm -hmm. look it up, but just read the know. book, but it basically said it's when you're serving yourself, but then serves a greater good. That's essentially the point of it is. Whereas like when you were being self-indexed or self-serving, that self-serving actually produces a better overall output for everybody. Mm -hmm. So there's a time and a place to do that. And that's, again, it's, you may not be exactly the analogy, well, but isn't like that, what self-leadership, yes, the whole concept of self-leadership yes, even exactly. is work on yourself first, first so that you can be exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so it's, it's the same token. Like when people are first hired, actually, I think we changed this a long time ago when I remember having this conversation with you, it's probably like six, seven years where we read where an EA was hired for one of, one of the big, like a fortune thousand company. 
And the first day, if you remember this, they basically, one of their managers walked in and there was an EA hire okay. and they walked in and they said, you know, uh, the CEO needs to get to these seven different locations in the next 24 hours. And you remember this now? And they're yes. like, and then like halfway through it and they're like the helicopter service can be over here, car service over there in yes. like 20 minutes and do it. Like they changed the whole thing up because it was like a real thing. Like, right. Yes. It was like, I actually think the helicopter may have crashed and they had to, um, I know what story you're talking about. Yeah. And she had to figure out how to get new transportation and get them out yes. of whatever country they were in. Yes. yes. It was like, and she was like, she wrote, I think she wrote like a blog or something about it. It was like her first 36 hours and she like just didn't sleep. Like yeah. it was just like yeah. dealing with the whole thing. And she's like, that was how I was introduced to the culture of our company. Yes. And I just, and it's not like, again, her story is her story. You don't have to go do that because it's, that was their culture though, but that's how they operated. It was like all day, all night, everything. And, and she was like, for me, I enjoyed it. Like that was their thing, but nobody tiptoed me into this. Like it was like, all in mm -hmm. right. High proven talent. So she was hired already being in a, a very high level EA. And she went through an, yes, a vetting, a long vetting process, yes. similar to the one that we do with, exactly. with staff, very long vetting process. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I just remember that. And so then from now on, we were just like, no, you just kind of read, I always look at it as like, you want to redline people for a couple of reasons. One, you kind of want to see how much, the, how much capacity they have and making sure that's, that's there for you. And then you just, you just setting the tone for, I, I think you also like to, I like to see how they react, react to, to it, it right? or how they respond. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And people were like, well, that's, you know, that's, you know, you hear like the, some people go, well, like, that's just kind of mean. Like I can just, I don't know the word to use. It's probably a much better one, but just like people are like, well, it just, it doesn't feel right. Or something on those lines. It's like, maybe that's not right for you. And maybe yeah. that's not how you expect people to, to operate, but we want to operate with the highest amount of efficiency during the work day. Well, it's not like we're making up the pressure. No, it's we're just, just letting the pressure to, we're not easing. Yes. That's we're a not good easing way of saying the it. pressure. We're just like, this we're is not buffering them from what's going to happen in reality. Correct. We just, this is, this is the way it is. Yes. We're not making, you know, we're not going over the top and like yes. adding more. Yes. Um, we're just, this Here's is what it, it is. is. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, you try to explain that throughout the process as much as you absolutely can and dive into it to make sure behaviorally they can handle that. But sometimes you get them in there and they go, you guys told me you moved fast. I mean, how many times have we heard this really not in the last couple of years, but correct before, before, before we were really started paying attention to this a lot more, we'd, we'd get these even, you know, six figured positions and they'd come in there and they'd be like, Oh, you guys said you moved fast. And I, I thought we moved fast in our older organization, but this is just too much. Mm -hmm. And you're like, thanks. It's, it's not your fault. It's our fault. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so fine. Okay. Yeah. Number three. Yeah. Day one. Day one yes. goes to our story, set yes. people up for success. Yes. And in, in many ways, I think what you were talking about is almost more from like a relational and yes. cultural success, like really getting them ingrained your daughter ingrained yeah. into the school and into the community from day one. Um, and you can replicate that a lot with staff. So, I mean, it's some, if it really, it's like simple things and you can go, you can go like super extreme on this, but you can also be really basic, um, in terms of making sure that their office equipment is actually set yes. up like, and, that's running, huge. and, and running and they have all of their logins and all the information they need in their door codes. Um, and they know where to park and they know where a couple of lunch spots nearby are. Yes. Although in general, I like to take someone to lunch the first day. We haven't been doing that for the past few hires simply because of COVID, COVID. Yes. but, um, I do like to normally do that. 
Um, what else? Um, well, it's the little things too. Like just yeah. their desk is organized. It's neat. You have, yes. you can do things like I, I can just give you examples from other stuff that we didn't always do for every hire, but like you leave a card for them at the front desk signed by every employee saying, Hey, we're really looking forward to having you come in here. Right. Um, our market center did that with one of our hires and it was kind of a neat little thing. And that was for our front desk, which is great. Right. So they just did yes. that. Right. And their team did that, right? It doesn't have to be everybody in your company. If it's large, it can just be the team that's working with them directly. Right. It can be, you know, everyone stops by the first day and, and walks over there, which I'm super guilty of, but like people walk over and just, they all walk over together and introduce themselves. They were so excited to be here. You know, I saw, I read one time where it's just on the, on the computer, somebody had programmed in there. Welcome to your first day of your last job. And we're so excited to have you. just the little things that take like four minutes to set somebody up for success right? It's the, it's the head conversation. And then you can get into some of the intricacies where we have what's called like a user's manual, right? Where it's, it's people fill out their user's manual over the next week, but they have user's manuals, which is just really about how people operate. Like the people that are going to be reporting to them or working with them. We give them their user's manual in a nice book. There's some swag about AHC stuff that's on their desks and stuff that's set up. So you can just really make it like people remember essentially two days. <laughs> they remember the day that they, that you're hired the first day you start and they remember the last day, mm -hmm. whether that's retirement, whether that's time they leave or whatever it is. And think about, I even think about that sometimes going back to school. I remember some of my first days riding the bus. I don't remember all the days in the middle. Right, right, and I remember yeah. the last day before I go in the summer. Yes. And it's the same type of premise here is where people remember their first days and hopefully they remember that for a long time. Um, but if they don't, it's also a good way to make sure you exit properly too. I know we're not talking about exiting people, but people remember their first days and they remember the day that they are exiting, whether it was their choice or your choice, you still have the ability to respond the way that you need to respond. You may not like it. You may not agree with it, but if it's happening, deal with it in the most professional way that you can, because people, maybe there wasn't, maybe it just didn't work out. And I was gonna say, and, and check with your attorney and HR consultants. Yeah. Well, let's just put that in there, but seriously, like you, you can handle that professionally, like just yes. be real with well, people with, with compassion and yes. respect and integrity and, yeah. and ethics. Like it's just, yes. you can, you don't have to go into this, anything that's going to jeopardize you from getting sued. I'm not saying that. I just mean that like you can be a real human being in the conversation, right? I mean, you can, it's not a lot of us sometimes just want to go in there and just like, Hey, you're out. Like we're done. We're done. And I get it, but take 15 extra minutes and sit down and just, Hey, we're here for you. I know this isn't comfortable, you know, whatever the case may be. And just, what do you need? We're here to support. You know, we just went through a, a transition with an individual and we just said, Hey, you know, you can come back for the entire week, use our resources. And what can we do to support you? Right. Do you need a printer? Do you need these things? Right. And the next day they came in, they're like, we're, we're super excited about where they're going. Right. And so there's just, there's just a lot of ways you can set people up on their first day to really set the tone for the company. And so they're, they're excited. Think, just always think about this. When you think about, think about the story, about the cards, all you just to take one action step, have everybody in your team sign a card, or even just you write a card. The first day somebody shows up a handwritten one, I wrote out handwritten notes for um, some speakers that um, presented with us for project you. And they, and one of them texted me back and they're like, man, I tell you what, I got your handwritten note. And it was like the coolest thing that I got. And I wrote like four sentences on there, but just thanking them heartfelt. And they're like, this is such a long lost art. It was just a nice touch today. Just wanted to let you know. Yeah. Which is a little bit difficult right now when teams are remote and all over the uh, country and, or not available to actually write handwritten notes. <laughs> um, well, why can't you? Well, I mean, I guess you could have 50 people Ahead of write time. individual yes. ones and send them yeah. to one place. Yes. 
it wouldn't be all in one card. That's for sure. Well, it doesn't have um, to be 50 people. It can just be the immediate people that you're working with or as many people that want to write a card. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that. I've also seen a lot of people doing um, videos, um, welcoming, um, the new team members. Yeah. So like the leadership team or whatever, um, welcoming them virtually. Um, I was also going to add that I like to have them do have some sort of win that first. I don't mean win necessarily, but I like them to do something that first day. That's not just filling out their employee paperwork, mm -hmm. like digging into their job. Yeah. Something work related, like maybe they just research something for me or they, um, do a quick audit of our social media and make two recommendations to like something where they feel like they actually contributed. Um, I've heard, for, I, I don't know, this is just from all my reading and stuff that I've looked at, um, that I've heard that that is, and I know too, from myself, like it's really important to feel like you are contributing some way that first day as an employee where you're not just like, okay, great. I filled out my employee paperwork and I looked at the org charts. Like you really want to actually feel like what it's like to um, do some of the actual work that you'll be doing. So I like to do something like that on the first day as well. Yeah. I love that. And then one of the things that I enjoy doing over the first week or two weeks is there's always this time that your employee most likely will do something that kind of bothers you. And I don't mean like bothers you in terms of like just your personal preferences. I just mean like maybe they didn't respond fast enough to an email that was urgent. And maybe that was just a different culture they had in their last company. Something that maybe you missed or I'm just using it as an example, mm -hmm. but something will show up. Maybe they showed up late for a, a meeting. Actually, one of my um, coaching clients said, hey, I, we hired this new person. They checked their phone in the meeting the first meeting and it mm -hmm. bothered me. Mm -hmm. Like, how should I handle that? I go, well, how, when, did, when did this happen? Like three days ago. I'm like well, that you need to immediately go address those things. So I always look for something that you tend to overlook and chalk it up to, oh, maybe that was their culture. Or maybe they'll change that. Or maybe they just emergency or whatever it was. You start making excuses right away. In that first week or two, find a reason to have a hard conversation. And that's really what I, I encourage people to do is find a reason to have a hard conversation for a couple of reasons. One is you're setting the tone for not just that this is you know, Hey, we've, especially if you're more gregarious and you're sociable and you don't want to have harder conversations, because mm -hmm. if you're unwilling to have that first one, you're not, you are now setting the tone to not step up and have harder conversations throughout. You'll go, Oh, I'll have that conversation later. Mm -hmm. And then later turns into six months. Now you're building up this resentment. So the minute something shows up and you can do it professionally, just like, Hey, you know what? Um, Hallie wanted to talk to you for a few minutes, do it privately. Like don't do this publicly. Just when we were in our meeting today, I noticed that you kept checking your phone a lot. Um, I was just curious what was going on. You don't have to come in there and hit them with a jackhammer and they go, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I was just looking at some emails and for work and it was for work. I get, I get it was for work. It's great. We try to minimize our meetings here at HC. And so I'd really love you to be present. If there's something that you really need to get to, why don't you step out and handle it? We certainly understand that if there's something pressing and you, you set it, you set the tone. Now they go, okay they're not messing around. Like it's, it's like, this is, this is on. So I mean like that, that's what I mean by a hard conversation. Well, you're, just setting, you're setting the tone that you can have open, honest, yes, transparent all of con that. conversations in a, a professional low risk exactly. way. Um, so that when something is a bit more of a higher risk type of conversation, yes. you'll already have built up that muscle for yourself and for your team member. And in that conversation, I would literally then have welcomed them of saying, Hey, if you see something that's going on that as we work through these first 90 days together, you know, we may see some things that, you know, that I want to bring to your attention. And I would love for you, if you see some things that you think I could approve on to bring to me as well. And I really welcome that. And so in fact, why don't you find something in the next 30 days that you think that I can improve on uh, and bring it to me. And so you, you're just opening up the conversation for that and making room for everyone to have those conversations. 
And if you're able to, to operate that way um, for all three of these things, you're, you're setting the probability up for your business to be able to scale for the highest level of success for the person that you bring in. And, and ultimately you're looking to create a, a partnership that's gonna last for your entire business. So if you like these three things, again, the just a recap, number one, letting go too soon, letting go too soon. Number two, not setting clear expectations, not setting clear expectations and accountability. Number yes. three, uh, not having a well thought out first day experience for your new hire. And nobody's ever going to forget the score, the story about Sienna. So you just always remember that when you're about to make your hire, it's going to link in your brand. You're going to stay there. So if you like this conversation, you want to know more about our process, our systems, the models, the tools that we use that we didn't necessarily create an event, but we just stole or recycled, right, from other people and put them in place. And uh, we are teaching a course called 30, 60, 90, and Success Through Others. It'll be two days, December 2nd and 3rd, um, most likely from 10 to two. So there is a 30 minute break in there. So like it's virtual. It, we had a great experience doing this for three days and we're really excited to bring this next chapter to you guys through 30, 60, 90, and Success Through Others. So if you're interested in signing up, go to adamhergenrother.com slash events, and you will see December 2nd and 3rd, 30, 60, 90 in success through others. Looking forward to seeing you there.